Hello and welcome to When Will It End? Driving a car off a cliff. What? This shit sucks. We're doing the Cars movies. I fucking hate them. Oh, you're I'm saying this, this podcast is it's like we're driving a car off a cliff? Well, the thing with the American Pie series, which I think heretofore has been the most fraught thing we've ever done. Like, we had to go like nine movies deep to get truly like sitting in a bathroom with a gun in mouth situation. Like, it got really bad, but it took like it percolated for some time before becoming like a waking nightmare to get up and watch those movies. Yeah. I, so I, I think the American Pie movies, especially for movies about teenagers having sex made in the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever it was, you, we sort of expected it to be a Me Too nightmare. We expected it to be a problematic as fuck. And it didn't take, it took until the second installment of the direct to DVD movies for it to get outstandingly nightmarish. Cars, the delightful 2006 Pixar dream comedy is immediately an American waking nightmare of sexism and abuse. And Cars 2. Uh, well, anyway, I don't know. We have a guest today. Hopefully... We, we've got a guest. Hopefully he can help us. Because we're... There's, we, a, there's we a Jewish us... majority. We brought in another Jew. Do, do not get your hopes up. Welcome to Cars Jew, the When Will It End special report. So I, I, have, boop, 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 I have been boop, mistaken... Boop, boop, for a Jew every once in a while. Am I oh my allowed? God, stop bringing <laughs> right, this all up. Right, yeah. Stop bringing this Charles, up, Charles. It doesn't Please. work like that. I want to introduce <laughs> our special guest, Jesse. Jesse, welcome to the show. Hello. What a pleasure to be here with the When Will It End family. Hi, boys. We, 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 we're we, men. First off, first off, we're men. So I just want to get that. Excuse me, ladies and gentle cars. Because <laughs> of the movie. He's got the right energy. Jesse's got a real vroom vroom. Well, that's what I was just about to say. He's got some NOS in the tank. Listeners, you might remember Jesse from our extensive, also nine-part coverage of the Furious Verse, where that's right. Uh, Jesse came on to talk about the time where we both sat together and cried while watching a dead man be dead in real life and in fiction life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he's back. He's a car expert. We know him as the I mean, car that's expert why, on the show. I'm assuming that's why I was brought back, because of my extreme knowledge of cars. Well, we, we know you're a car maniac. This guy loves engines. I love fan engines. belts. Tires. Pistons. Rotors. Uh, headlights. Uh, well, you put oil in them. Uh, windshield wipers? He likes chamois cloths. Oh, love a chamois. Jesse was constantly telling us about cars no, we were trying to talk about explosions we were trying to talk about family we were trying to talk about uh whose neck was bigger but jesse kept bringing us back to the cars and we're like who what energy would bring us the best <laughs> and who's the only person that wants to be on the podcast it's jesse <laughs> jesse's both picking cars two for your return episode is basically <laughs> the most psychotic imaginable choice well yeah. i so, wanted to be on for cars. Top. It's, it's... i i i really i know we have to talk about cars too but uh, man, watching Cars for the second time uh, in preparation for this whole series, I watched it when I was a child. Uh, may- maybe when I was in high school. I mean, are, isn't that the same? You're, you're a child. Yeah, you school. weren't a child. Yeah, but like, I wasn't one of these um, marketed to youngsters who are like obsessed with Lightning McQueen. Wanted like the the stuffed animals that are like merch wasn't marketed to me i was older than that for for cars one okay i think i watched it with my mom actually and this movie is very for kids because it's got a lot of uh 60s spy parodies in it kids love that shit kids love it (laughs) that's what (laughs) kids love (laughs) kids love in like flint the man from uncle 
uh, Get Smart, uh, James Bond. That's the shit kids in 2011 were they, – they were so into uh, Italian job references. Oh That's the God, shit yeah. that children – in 2011 imagine you're a, a horrible little kid okay. and you wait five years between <laughs> wait, cars wait, let, and me, cars let me two. get into the mindset for a second okay so it's a, yeah, you're it's a been, child i'm if a child will, just go a baby child and you're I'm growing up year by year and you're like where's my cars too where's, where's my cars, my cars you're, too? you're at that age where you're like movies are good it's good movies are fun and good you go you eat the snacks it's vroom vroom it's fun mm-hmm. and then you wait five years that's a huge developmental period of any child's life if you're like if you're of the age where cars appealed to you, five years later, a lot has changed. And you come back to the theater for Cars 2, and this is what you get. Well, so I think what the people at Pixar sort of – they they make movies from their context. And if my dad is anyone to judge, like, for some reason, spy shit was so big in the 70s and 80s that I think that's just a part of their culture. So, like, when they are like, what's a thing we can reference here so I don't have to come up with anything on my own? They're like, oh yeah, spy shit. Spy shit's that's that's cool. Kids love spy shit. <laughs> and then they make a movie which where the references, as you said, are just uh no kid in two thousand eleven gives a shit about any of the stuff that like the Cold War is they don't know what the Cold War is. They don't give yeah. a shit about I don't know. The John Le Carre overtones in this were pretty overwhelming. Um so I, I want to set the stage for a minute because uh, there, I've got a lot I want to talk about today, and Jesse, I'm happy you're here to bounce some ideas off of because you know when it's when it's when it's slow going with Charles, it is you know a nightmare. So I think we can get a little. You need a fresh fan belt in there sometimes. Once like in that. a while, you know, fresh fan belt, which of course I know what a fan belt is. Same. No need to and don't, no further questions. I don't know what it is. No further, not yeah, not taking them at this time. I don't know what it okay, is. Okay, so Jesse, um, in our last episode, uh, we talked about how John Lasseter like the fucking molesty jerk off that he is drove around the Southwest in Cadillacs, like stopping to like look at old gas stations and was like, Hmm, America used to be great. What if it was great again? Yeah. And made cars. Yep. Here is the, the jaw dropping quote. And okay, I just want to, let's do a, br- a brief camera back on Pixar. Pixar <laughs> emerges in the late eighties. One of the co-found, one of the people who dumps money into it is the great Steve jobs. Yes. <laughs> Steve jobs. Mm. He put a thousand songs in your pocket. No one else did it. I sure did. You may remember him from the film Jobs, starring Ashton Kutcher. Um, he was the main character. Uh, okay, so here's a quote from Steve Jobs. Pixar is the most technically advanced creative company, semicolon. That's the sign of genius, by right. the way. Apple is the most creatively advanced technical company. Mm-hmm. So what? I don't okay. Get it. Who gives a shit? Bit of a jump. I mean, yes, he did a very good job with that semicolon, but what's mm-hmm. he... S- See, he did a little flipsy doozy. Yeah. Wait. Apple is smart. Right. And so is Pixar. So this was just a, a little nice 69ing from the Pixar Apple. It's a corporate 69er. Because what, what Steve is saying, Rip, of course, Rip. Naturally. Apple, smartest company in the world. Pixar, also very smart. Mm, right. So it makes sense that that would be good movies. That's, that's, that's how good film is created. Wait, because, when... Do they make them on the <laughs> Apple's? Is that what he's getting oh at? Oh, my God, probably. Okay, so here's another another quote from... Uh, a man who we have really come to know and hate on the show, Roger Ebert. Pixar <laughs> is the first studio that is a movie star. Oh, that is not true. true. Jesus okay. Christ. What? what? We, yeah. That one that is like, close to being true. I think Roger was uh, drunk that day. Well, this might have been in his era when he was slowly dying and having no function over his brain. I don't know. Could have been. 
So all this leads up to the following quote from from John Lasseter about what inspired Cars 2. If this is the quote that I think it is, I'm very excited. I mean, it probably is. I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> if we're so, both looking okay. at the same Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, sure. I did a lot of work for this, so please just respect Yeah, Jesse, that. you don't mention Wikipedia. That's Josh's thing. Or oh, the goofs. Yeah. Don't go into the goofs. That's oh, his sorry, thing, too. Sorry. No, no. I, I think goofs are fair game. Trivia, the IMDb trivia section is most of where my film knowledge comes okay, from. Okay, because I got a lot to Com- say about the goofs unverified. in the second half of the show. So, so, so John Lasseter, who, again, was kicked out of the company for being a sexual predator uh, not long ago, um, he's traveling the world promoting cars. And he thinks to himself, I kept, I kept looking out thinking, what would Mater do in this situation, you know? <laughs> I could imagine him driving around on the wrong side of the road in the UK, going around in big, giant traveling circles Mm -hmm. in Paris, on the Autobahn in Germany, Mm -hmm. dealing with the motor scooters in Italy, trying to figure out roadsides in Japan. That's why they pay him the big bucks, man, for these fucking brilliant ideas. Nerds are often like, oh... Cars 2 really took the shine off the Pixar apple. And it's like, no, these people are idiots. They're, they're, they're the same Silicon Valley idiots who think that, like, fucking, like, a, a, a Foursquare was going to, like, make people better neighbors. Or, like, it's just the same psychotic jerk-off logic that, like, that was the idea for this movie. It was, like, what would the stupidest character in the first movie do if he went to Japan? Probably something racist, right? <laughs> that's the – that's the, this movie, I – so I, I watched this movie – expecting nothing and what i what i found were these inconsistencies in storytelling where all you have to focus on are it happens over and over again and mater is a perfect example where he not only represents the heroics of the movie because he's the smartest non-spy the spies ever met he is absolutely the dumbest piece of shit in the movie so john lasser is trying to have a bit of fun with mater making him a dumb fuck but then he's also trying to appeal to the dumb fucks of America being like, oh, you know what? You're actually pretty cool. You're heroes. You're true heroes. Well, okay. well I, hold on, Charles. I, t- I take issue with this because – and I, w- I spent a lot of time after this film trying to discern the, the meaning, the moral, the lesson that I could, I could garner. Right. And they have a few. They, they do have a few. Cars 1 is a, a fever dream. It is absolutely abhorrent. It's a mega film as well. It knows what it is, though. And I feel like Cars 2 doesn't... Like, it was tr- a little bit all over the place. Like, yes, Mater is a dumb fuck, but also he is the one who solves the mystery, the mystery that is central to the entire film. So, like, they didn't quite tie those two things together though well jesse you're, you're hitting on exactly what I, was, I just wanted to talk about because this movie is weirdly cowardly on two levels because what <laughs> yes. you're talking about is the idea that like mater is a fucking idiot and everyone hates mater because like objectively he constantly fucks shit up is unreliable understands nothing can't read expressions on cars faces which to be fair seems hard um <laughs> and yet he's also brilliant and also the best friend and the smartest and the most talented yes he solves the mystery by being being smart right that's what i'm so saying is he's a, not even smart no he's not smart we're told he's not smart we see him be not smart. but also even at the end of the movie they're like by the way you are the smartest car in the world so this is what this is exactly what i'm talking about with these inconsistencies we're, we're presented with a laughable dumb fuck but then for this for the movie to make sense where it's about like 
Be yourself. Being yourself, which is the right. worst. Again, like <laughs> right. in 2021, is there a worse message? We're, we're no. all like re- – I spent like last week – I've watched like 12 hours of Adam Curtis documentaries in the last week, which is not good for anyone's mental health. But like – Oh, Jesus. To, to watch this and just be like, be yourself. But by the way – um. You're you're actually not stupid. You're actually better than the best racer in the world and smarter than the best spy in the world. But so be yourself and as dumb as you want to be. But also, don't worry. You're also the smart. Like, right. This is what MAGA is all about. Yes, he's not smart. He is lassitered into having this like Rain Man level of brilliance about certain things, <laughs> so that he can about like lug nuts. Right. Like oh oh my god. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm promised. I'm not even going to do a fucking Mater this episode. Oh really? It'll happen. Uh, I was hoping all three of us would uh, at the same time. We can close with a, th- a, th- a major three-way. We just. Uh... I also I have the script pulled up, and I have a couple <laughs> choices. I do that sometimes, where I just pull up the script and. Uh... So, so, but, no, but, but what we're hitting on is this: the, the, this whole idea is that in this cosmopolitan, frightening world of stereotypes and condescension towards Americans, Mater is the butt of every joke until at the end. He is the ultimate hero who knows everything, and it doesn't matter how he behaved or what he does or doesn't know because inherently he was right. And that is the message of Cars 2. It doesn't matter what anyone <laughs> thinks of you. You don't have to change. Right. Your, your conceptions of the world are never challenged. You're just in your bones correct. They so even, be yourself and, and don't even worry about what that means. Just be okay, yourself. But, but hold on. That, that is the arc for Mater. I feel like in order for that to be the true moral of the story – Another character has to go on some sort of journey and and, and kind of go through the same thing. No, no. See, this is where I, I totally disagree with you. This movie is the Mater movie. You do not need anything else. Everyone else's actions are unimportant. Because if you notice it, it's about a beautiful, pretty... Sp- I, I'm not going to do it. I promise I'm not going to do it. It's about a spy woman car who is fucking actually cool, but her arc is... To want to fuck Mater. It's about Steve McQueen, who is the best racer in the world, but his arc is, I want to be best friends with Mater. Like, no one, everyone's arcs are Mater-centric. <laughs> no one has an arc. Okay, let's talk about that. Because, okay. like, once again, the script is insane. Okay, talk about Mater-centrism here. In a series of events that truly I don't care about talking about, but maybe we'll talk about <laughs> later, Lightning McQueen's going to go on a world tour race, bit 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 and out of nowhere, Bonnie Hunt's Porsche character goes, Lightning, you got to bring Mater with you. He's always wanted to go on tour and you never bring him on tour. Oh, my God. And it's like, and as a viewer, I'm like, what the, where the, fu- what the. Yeah, there's what, nothing what that corroborates that one bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally nothing. He's never mentioned it. But he also isn't just tagging along. He becomes the leader of the pit crew. So it's not just like, oh, be nice and have your friend join you on this journey. He becomes the manager of his racing per- career. It's 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 bizarre. And I want to just quickly, before we get too far away from here, there's a lot of great bad reviews of, uh, of this movie because it's a fucking awful movie. But here's a Roger Ebert quote. Um, At a time when some grown-up films are relentlessly shallow and stupid, here is a movie, and this is a compliment. Oh, Jesus. I think he thinks this is a compliment. Here is a movie with such complexity that even the cars sometimes have to pause and explain it to themselves. Oh, my God. Roger's like, no, no, that cannot be. That has to be a dig. That has to be an underhanded dig. No, no. 
he really seemed to like Cars too, as he did Cars One, he loves and thought that show. it was a compliment that the cars them the the sentient right, speaking boy. cars in Cars Two have to explain <laughs> what's happening in Cars Two. He's like, that's a that's a good movie. Listen to this. Listen to this. A plot synopsis would spin us into bafflements. <laughs> direct quote from Roger Ebert. Well, another direct quote. At one point, in a shot so brief, you don't want to blink. He's talking about a shot we see three times, I believe, in this movie. We even learn that the Pope Mobile travels in its own Pope Mobile. <laughs> this ensures the theological puzzle of whether the one inside is the Pope. One of my fellow viewers said she didn't even see a Pope Mobile. Maybe I dreamed it. What the Maybe fuck was I Roger smoking it. when he saw Cars Two? When he wrote this, like this is it. You could smoke whatever you want when you see the movie. What the fuck is he on when he's writing his review? The same stuff. Yeah, I will say that some of the more interesting aspects of the Cars universe is just trying to figure out why certain things are cars. When I was yeah. watching with my wife, especially now that we're introducing planes and boats also as sentient things this is it this is the big part of the episode yeah this is what we need to talk about because we're all into it we're all confused this movie asks way more questions than it can possibly answer and it's all about what is what and not just and and jesse please before you start okay just briefly (laughs) if if anyone on the show 20 minutes into this episode is like what's this podcast about anyways (laughs) the idea is that we watch we watch the whole series, and the basic question is, is each successive movie making that world of cinematic exploration better or worse? And Cars 2 is like a fucking – it is just the poster child, in my opinion, for why what you're about to talk about is the worst conceivable direction for a film series to go in. And with that said, I, I please huh. dive in because well, you're right. The central question of this movie is fucking perplexing. Okay, so you, you mentioned the – the franchise nature of this whole thing. Let's go back to Cars 1 for a second. Just look at a moment from Cars 1. I've never left. I'm still there. <laughs> You've never left Radiator Springs? You're still there in your mind? Yeah. Um. Okay, so there's this shot when uh, Lightning McQueen is coming to Radiator Springs for the first time. Everything is super sleepy. It's nighttime. And there's a fluorescent light that is buzzing. And around this fluorescent light, are these little bugs. VW bugs. These are VW bugs. Get it? With fly wings, and they're flying around. They're flying around this light. In Cars 2, another winged creature, Mm -hmm. supposedly a pigeon. They're, like, driving through Italy. It's a plane. What the fuck? No, I thought that was in uh, in Paris when they're at the Louvre. Yeah, oh, this is Par- it's at the Louvre. It's at the Louvre. Yes, the ca- the car Louvre. Do you think there's a car Mona Lisa in the car Louvre? Do you think there's a car David? <laughs> just like a naked, a big yes. fucking oh tiny dicked car. Also, marble. like look oh at the God. buildings that they're in. They're regular sized buildings with human sized doors. How are cars getting in and out of these? So I was talking to my new coworker about my podcast because now i have new co-workers and i get to tell them about this podcast that i desperately don't want them to listen to <laughs> and he mentioned this the theory the the fucking pixar universe theory that this all takes place in one universe and i was like that's insane there's no way this makes sense and then i because I, I never looked into it and the theory actually it does make some sort of sense to, to answer questions you're talking about she's like why are they still in 
the world that humans exist, but there's no humans anymore. And it's because all the humans left, like, this takes place between Wally. Oh, God. And okay. Where they all got shipped off on that ship because of pollution. And the magic that started in Brave and allows car, like, the toys to exist and the fish to have sentient fish thoughts also made cars into cars with faces that can move around. But even if that's true, why... Okay, so... But the animals... Did the animals leave Earth? In, a, in no, the, the arc? So, no, no, no. There's a I'm very big part of this. I'm starting to bring up other uh, no, no, franchises and stories at this point. It's all the same. Um, we learned that the humans fight a war with animals due to the pollution, and the okay. animals that stay on Earth become the monsters in Monsters, Inc., who then use the door portals to go back in time and scare children from the night. Who needs this? Jesus Christ. Who needs <laughs> this? Does this make any of this dog shit better? No. It doesn't. It's. I don't think that's interesting to any of the kids that sat through Cars 2, honestly. If Cars 1 was a problem, Cars 2 is a nightmare <laughs> because all of a sudden we have the Cars British Empire, which presumably carried out the same like genocidal slavery. Like The, the British Empire is a fucking nightmare. So the climax of this movie... to like. Which, again, and then with the after credit sequence, the entire movie seems to be about strengthening Car America and Car England's special relationship mm-hmm. in the 21st century as we combat, like, radical Islamic terror. Like, is this – like, or is there a jihad movement in Car – in the it's world called, of cars, It's a good okay? – it's a G-car. It's a G-car movement. These raise so many questions. Do they tax the cars to keep the streets so clean everywhere? Why is the world so clean? Okay. I just don't understand how you can depict world governments yeah. and international relationships. It just raises questions that will haunt me for the rest of my sad life. In a, in a sense, this isn't good. I, I do need to see more of these films. That's true. Just so I can have some of these questions answered. I know they probably won't no, be answered. No, they won't be answered. If we've learned anything, it's that as each movie continues, the questions become extravagantly bigger. Because in the first one, we are like, how are they determining which cars are more sentient than the other ones? And now suddenly they have boats and planes and they only seem to be used to cart around cars, but they also can talk. So now we have talking sentient car creatures that are only used for the purpose of transporting other vehicle, other ca- cars. This is the Pope Mobile. Uh, we're talking Pope Mobile. We're talking planes. We're talking boats. The planes right, right. and boats. There's a caste system. There's clearly an oppressive like caste system in the world of cars. Can you imagine going into a like? It's like you're not riding a horse. You are entering the horse and being dragged in its belly to the next location. Okay, well that sounds awesome, huh? This is fucked up. You enter to say Jesse, you're suddenly twenty feet tall. I'm listening, okay? and you've been casted to the point where. Every day, people are shoved up your asshole. Yeah, where they get to sit, mm-hmm. and then you just walk somewhere and you mm-hmm. shit them out, and that is your whole purpose. But, 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 like in Flintstones, there's like the the dinosaur trash, and and. and He's, they're always shoving like fucking just refuse into this living creature, and he goes, "It's a living." And like that's what that cars too is is just such a fucking imperialist capitalist nightmare. Right. We don't even, even get this fantasy world of living sentient cars. We still have the exact same horrible conditions of life. Right. Like, this is what I hate about Cars 2. It is so lazy. It is so cynical. You have five years at, 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 a, at a, a fucking studio that gets its dick sucked in the press more than any other creative entity in the 21st century. 
because it's the ultimate lowest common denominator bullshit because it's it's kids entertainment, but adults can enjoy it, too, because it's not even for kids. It's just for John Lasseter, apparently. But like there's nothing. This is such a retreat where it's like, let's bounce Mater off of literally 50 year old jokes about Europe and not explore anything anything beyond once again be yourself friendship or whatever the fuck that means in this horrible world of, of violence and, and the violence we have to talk about yeah the violence is as intense as the first one it's worse it's so much worse it's like there are on-screen murders this this movie is about people being shot there's like a torture sequence where a man is blown up yeah this is what i'm saying this is a movie for children and the, uh, the, the world that they imagined for children in the Cars-verse is one of uh, violent, being murdered with a gun in front of people, gunfights, yeah, explosions. Lots of, gun, lots of guns Can we talk this. about how Michael Caine car, and by the way, Michael Caine, he's been in the Jaws-verse, the, the, uh, in our Behind the Patreon Wall twofer series. Of course, he, is in, uh, he plays Arthur Trexler in uh, the Now You See Me series. So Mike is really taking up a lot of real estate here. (laughs) He goes to, in the opening sequence, he goes to find his friend and fellow spy only to see what in the world we are led to believe is coded to be his (laughs) mangled, mutilated (laughs) corpse. That is accurate. I was appalled. It's it's pretty upsetting. Right, and this is, I mean... Star Wars gets away with it, and I'm sorry to bring it up, but I'm not going to talk about it for very long because I really oh didn't do very well last time. But <laughs> lasers and stormtroopers and like and aliens, you don't have to care. And they, I think they're trying to do the same thing where they're like, oh, these are cars. There's no blood. There's no bodies that we're familiar with. So we can do it. Hold on. There is piss because someone pisses themselves. <laughs> we got someone. No, Josh, we got to talk about that in detail later because someone does me, a Bradley Cooper in Star is Born in this one. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that later because that's I'm going to end with my my that's its own the thesis on Mater and that is a huge part of it the pissing, but yeah then like they feel like because a this is a kids movie and b there's no blood and it's rated PG or G or whatever the fuck it is G they can do all this shit because no one is coming into it thinking oh that car's in serious pain and I don't know why because that's all I could think about was oh that person has had their arms and their legs ripped off. And are now being forced to endure an EMP while their body slowly boils to the point of explosion. Yes. Right. And that's what I'm saying. The morality of this world is we found a way to torture, mutilate, and murder people in front of children in a way that will never be interrogated. We'll never explore the the ramifications of that choice. And it'll all be fun and silly because they're sentient cars. And that's a sociopathic way to look at the world. Like it is a loveless, brutal way. You said it would never be interrogated, but Josh... They didn't think about when will it end. I, oh, gotcha, Pixar. Gotcha. I was also wondering in your examination of reviews for this film, did did you see anyone question that and the nature of this being like a true kids movie? I think more than Cars 1, honestly. This is a real kids movie. It's also rated G. Anybody talk about the violence in this film? Um, I couldn't find much on it i mean i do want to read to you the last paragraph of the ebert review before josh weighs in anyway cars 2 is fun (laughs) (laughs) damn roger go off whether that's because john lassiter is in touch with his inner child or mine i cannot say there remains one bone to pick although the hero of the 2006 film was a hudson with the step-down design, and there are AMC Gremlins in this film. <laughs> as nearly as I can tell, 
Lassiter entirely ignores the greatest independent American automaker of them all, the Studebaker. Maybe I missed one. I don't think so. There is a more obvious reason introducing a Studebaker Golden Hawk into this film would make all the other characters look shabby. The end. That's what he spent that time on. (laughs) This is like a profession. This is a professional film critic. And this is a film critic, Jesse, in the first movie. And this is the kind of like incredible shit that like, look, maybe we'll all get old and awful. And it's not just boomers that we like default to dunking on because they're like genuinely a a vile and abysmal presence in our society. But in the the review of Cars, he's like, I don't know why, but the 1950s is the most coolest era of all time. And it's like, could it be, bitch, that you're a billion years old and this is just shit that's just like burrowed deep into your rotting brain? And like you're just – you're speaking as though everyone in the world is Roger Ebert, which is unfortunately for you not, not the, case. the case. Yes, You have to admire him though for being the only film critic I know about who chooses not to engage with the movie in any meaningful way and just decides to talk about what's rattling around in his in his silly little brain. You know brain. what? You know, in a sense, he's done his time, I suppose. He's reached the the highest mountain. Well, he's dead. Yeah, he yeah. is dead. Yeah, he is famous, famously a dead man, yeah. But also, like, you know, I think that far into your career, maybe he was just, like, fucking around. Like, he uh, yeah. is unin... <laughs> Like like Letterman, like like the Letterman we grew up with. Exactly. Like 21st century Letterman when he really genuinely didn't he care. He doesn't give a shit anymore. It was kind of great. Yeah, it's abusive. <laughs> it's not as abusive as Cars 2, but I do find it a, a level of journalism which is insulting to me and makes me feel bad. I feel like Ebert would read Mein Kampf and be like, look, Mein Kampf, it's a fun romp through pre-war Germany, but where's a love story? Couldn't there be a love story in there? I don't know. That's my two cents. Go buy it. Find out for yourself. Right. Why are my pants... Stinky and brown. Oh God. Um, speaking of stinky and brown, we got to talk about it. I really want to talk about it. Oh my it. God. Um, like everything else in this movie, uh, it's attempted to be explained later on, and, and is fucking just like it's just so insulting. It drives me crazy. Like uh, the the best. Uh, we'll we'll get to the pissing part in a minute. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the one of the many fuck <laughs> yous in this movie that I really was like irked by is that uh, late in the movie they're like pointing out plot holes in the movie. Mm. Yeah. Like with the, with the thing with the fuel and they're like oh don't worry the hippie guy figured it out some time ago and just swapped it that, and that was never mentioned it or so this, drew it into, that like, was very upsetting the event, they're, they're like oh yeah someone actually figured out the twist a while ago took care of it and just didn't tell anyone about it so it could resolve itself on its own josh because he's a stone baby he's fucking high wait, as wait, a hold kite. on hold on no 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 i the way i read that was Actually, the art like the army guy was the one. It was so confusing. Thank you, Jesse. I didn't okay. even know. He's like, Which gets- no, I didn't do it. It was this guy. But he, but the hippie explains what it was and was like, <laughs> right. And also, the army guy did it. It's insane. At that point, I was just like, this movie is five seconds away from being over. Let's just wrap it up. And then there was no after credits. I watched the whole credits like a fucking <laughs> jack off. Okay, so quickly, um, we'll get to the piss in. <laughs> We'll get to the piss. Well, no, I want to. I want to talk about that inconsistency. Okay, because that's huge. Like that is again. Like this is fucking John Lasseter at all making a movie where they can celebrate American dominance and stupidity as though it's a heroic act, while also trying to talk about the fossil fuel industry. That's what I want to yeah, talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, it's time to get into it. It's so confusing because they triple back every second about yeah. what's actually going on yeah gentlemen 
gentle cars, I would propose to you that this is not this is not confusing. It is pure cowardice. Yes, this movie is the work of a, of just a collection of unbelievable cowards who w- try to make the most condescending anti-fossil fuel movie ever, but were so afraid of angering what they perceive to be their base for Cars 2 that it's the equivalent of the Steve Buscemi and 30 Rock Hello My Fellow Teenagers shit where they're like, uh, what's up, my dudes? Man, fossil fuel sure be whack now. It'd be so dope if we used alternative fuels and shit. I don't know. Like, it's just it's the most uncomfortable, weird thing where they're trying to be like, it's it's they're trying to to be like oh the conspiracy is that fossil fuels want to discredit alternate clean energy fuel sources. By the way, this kids love this shit. This is shit kids love. <laughs> yeah, my um, brain is starting to melt just trying to go back you're over an adult. it. Honestly, <laughs> Jesse, you got to go back to your child brain and remember how much you loved a, a, okay, a okay. sort of cursory discussion of fossil fuels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Right, right. You know, ET is mostly about a uh, fucking uh, tort reform. So you know, kids right, love this shit. It. So the idea is that, like, they want to – it's the classic waffling mainstream liberal shit where they want to be like, look, there's nothing wrong with being a fascist. That's fine. That's cool. It takes all types in this crazy world. But, you know, maybe it'd be kind of cool. You know, I know it seems European to use clean energy and it's kind of like, you know, a little you know, a little Disney to use clean energy if you catch my drift. Wink, wink. Um, but, you know, it'd be kind of cool if we did. I don't know. Maybe. I don't right. know. It'd be cool if maybe we – So that's like, the it's thing like, just is – fucking say it or something. What the fuck? <laughs> There's a Why scene bring this up? <laughs> earlier when the monocle car says, I hate I... the monocle car. <laughs> Honestly, I thought he did great. Uh, he was one of my faves. Voice acting. He, I, I, I want to get into rating some of the voice acting later on in this pod. I mean, it's a great idea. Um, I, I like I like what I saw from him, if I'm being but honest. Here's his inconsistency. You have this monocle professor. They call him the professor because he's very professor smart. Professor Z. And he says, I've been studying this new fuel in the greatest detail and have discovered that when it's hit by an EMP, unlike gasoline, which does not have this problem, when you hit it with an EMP, it blows up. That's the whole plot throughout the entire movie is that this Mm -hmm. is a special gas, new gas, it's sustainable, it's green, it's clean, and it has this problem, which right there is already going against Pixar's idea of showing how cool sustainable energy is because they're showing how problematic it is. And then later in the movie, the guy's like, oh, you know what? I just use gas. I just, I just, I didn't make anything new. I just use gas. Wait, which guy? So it's like, wait, what the fuck happened for the first two hours of this movie where they were using this actual thing called Olisol? It makes no, it's just insane. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting mad. I'm getting very angry, actually. And then it's like this idea that like in the world where racing is the ultimate expression of identity, they just like let a guy bring a new fuel to it and just like uncritically accepted like like we talked about in the first movie how it seemed like they essentially extracted fluids from inside lightning while he was unconscious by drinking My favorite part. Tank. <laughs> That's a good right, one. which is so fucked up. <laughs> and yet, really again, not one. as fucked up as this movie where piss, cars boy. constantly <laughs> pull out guns to shoot each other all the time. All the it's, it's just time. like there's guns in every scene. You have the ability with animation to make any world you want to make, any world at all. Yeah. And you think about the world of Miyazaki, someone who's like, I'm going to take familiar ideas and infuse them with unknowable things that are beyond language because that's what the beauty of imagination and nature and life is, is that these things that happen that don't have any explanation. There's no way to codify it. It's just this you know, natural, spiritual experience of living. And then in this movie, they're like, well, there's a car monarchy and they do still murder each other and there's a lot of torture. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's, it's just... 
It's insane. It makes me so sad yeah. that anyone would praise this company for creativity when all they can reproduce in at least this series is the most bitterly ugly, sad reproduction of our already dog shit world. Well, this is a film that doesn't care about any of that, um, which makes it, to me, distinct from Cars 1, because in Cars 1, you basically had two settings. You had the racetrack, where you know exactly what everybody's doing. You have the racers and the audience members, and you have this very small southwestern town, which, you know, is kind of like humans live there. But, like, that's all that's happening. Once you expand the world and you – like, this whole thing just buckled under its own weight because you – the fact is you can't have cars do the – like, live in this universe. So what do you do? You just have humans do a bunch of shit and then you animate them like cars and, like, make a bunch of car jokes. And so they just, like, gave up on trying to do any of those things. Here's a John Lasseter quote. If you're sitting in your minivan, which is a kind of car, playing your computer animated films for your children in the back seat, mm-hmm. is it the animation that's entertaining as you drive and listen? No. It's the storytelling. Yeah. I'm that's so... why we put so much importance on story. No amount of great animation will save a bad story. Oh. Anyways, here's Cars 2. So this uh, British guy invents a new fuel, and, but it's a, it's not really a new fuel. No. And then there's like a world pre, and then there's this, these British agents, and they're fighting like a German guy, and then they they murder this dude. And yeah. What the, like, go fuck yourself, dude. Like, this absolutely this sounds like somebody story. who is clearly invested in story. And then on top of that, you pad this out with shit like mater and lightning going on a train track which was a two-minute sequence which to me was felt like one of their shitty like direct-to-dvd short films <laughs> where it's like the the punchline of that joke is that it's the old fucking crazy woman without a brain who's like i'm a train Look at me well, go. just to go I'm back to, to radiator springs for a minute I, I don't know about you guys but when we got the requisite reset in radiator springs i was like oh these fucking assholes yeah it's like my instant reaction was like oh fuck we're back, we're back in goddamn radiator it's, it's not good we want to spend as little time as there my possible. my initial reaction was why is this town suddenly thriving well because marketing it's because now lightning mcqueen like, they basically got a celebrity endorsement. And that's Boom. why it's so important at the end of Cars 2 when on the billboard it says, Home of Lightning McQueen and Sir Toe Mater. So, oh shit, I just didn't. Fuck, I'm going to bleep that out. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. It was going to happen. So here's, the, here's another inconsistency in a series of inconsistencies. The whole first movie is basically about a man who is selfish, he works by himself, and all he wants to do is be high on methamphetamines. That's all he wants. He wants to be fast. He doesn't ever want to slow down. The the point of Cars was, hey, fucko, maybe you should fucking slow down every once in a while. Enjoy 1950s America. And even they couldn't stay consistent with that in the first one because the very end of the movie is... Hey, babe, let's, why don't we go and drive slowly to dinner? And she's like, toot toot, here I go. I'm going to go fast. So this movie, again, it's like, here we have a, a thriving town which is supposed to symbolize like untainted America and yet the only way it can survive is by having a celebrity live there a race go through every fucking once in a while like this town still sucks it still shouldn't exist anymore and it only is thriving because of the same bullshit that this movie thinks it's countering well right that's what's the the horrifying cultural fascism of cars is all about like subservience to an existent dominant superstructure that even being yourself you can never escape and only like buckle underneath like there's no escape in cars there's no truth or beauty in cars 
No, it's the series. Cars themselves are amazing. <laughs> That's true. Can I share a, a, ge- a genuinely bone chilling quote from John Lasseter? Please. <laughs> what I love about Goofy is the flesh on his cheeks. <laughs> you can almost feel it. <laughs> God so, damn but, it. I mean, Bro, go to jail, that, that guy. That is creepy and fucked up, but then why doesn't he actually put that level of attention to like feeling like you could feel the cheeks on a, on a tomato? Like, it, everything feels so fucking crisp and slick and there's actually no texture to anything that's happening in this movie which leads us to the one moment of real texture that we actually i had to message you guys about while watching because it's the one moment in the movie where you're like yeah genuinely like what the fuck yeah okay so obviously we talked about in the first movie the decision to make the windshield's eyes caused ripples not just here on the podcast but someone actually wrote an article being like pixar you done goofed You, you put you put the eyes on the windshield. What the fuck? You got to put the eyes on the headlights. Everyone knows headlights is eyes. And Lasseter was like, no, headlights is breasts and eyes is windshield. In this movie, Mater goes through a street fair, a street, uh, you know, a marketplace of sorts. Which I think is based on a real place in uh, France, right? Yeah, where they, they sell fruits and paintings rather than hoods. And, well, Josh, Fan continue. Yes, what else right. do they sell there? Okay, so he's, like, poking around the the market, and he finds a stall that sells headlights. He's like, <laughs> or something. I'll bleep that out, And too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Not allowed until no, the very Don't bleep end. it out. It's going to sound <laughs> like I said something horrible. Oh, no, that was just a tomato. Um, Josh is just doing a tomato. I'm not allowing it until the very end. By the way, didn't it feel like lemon was like a slur in that world? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. How long can at, at the end when Mater's like, well, those friggin' lemons. And I was like, ooh, boy. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> right, because He's again. Like, Don't worry, Radiator Springs. No one's going to cancel culture you over calling them lemons. <laughs> another <laughs> inconsistency is that this whole movie is about being yourself and being a lemon. But then the movie, all the bad guys are lemons. Uh, <sighs> So yeah, exactly, is, Jesse. Isn't this exactly. also like Mater is trying to communicate that to the lemons at the end? The only lemons in the movie are the fucking losers in Radiator Springs that are constantly like just falling apart with Russ. And Mater's like, God, I'm not going to do it. Mater just helps. He does shit. <laughs> and then there's the, 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 yeah. the gang of lemons. And there's no other lemons in the world except for the two that break down and this it would be like it's just like if you think about it again in human terms like what does that say if you're making a story about be yourself but then just completely stereotype this entire group to be nothing but gangsters right it's like be yourself as long as you're an american as long as you're mater as long as you're a mater lemons are jews and they're part of the zionist conspiracy that controls the world (laughs) and mater is the brave goy who stops them okay so mater goes to the headlights booth and then from the back, from the darkness, emerges a car whose eyes are headlights. Mm-hmm. And Mater reacts in abject horror <laughs> and, and, and escapes as quickly as possible, looking chilled to the bone. And I, I, like I told you guys, I actually rewound to be like, am I missing something? Like, what is it? Like, it was so inside baseball and so weird and so, like, weird, like, it's seemingly just, like, an ableist attack on this one car whose eyes are different or so, something. So, like, all of it was just, like, what? what is this moment for? I honestly believe that this is a, whether it's a fuck you or just, like, an explanation, I do think one of the big criticisms from people are, like, 
why did they put the eyes in the windshield? Yeah. And I think John Lasseter, while he was traveling the country in his minivan, talking to people around the country, everyone was either being like, he was either being awful to them or they were like, why didn't you put the fucking eyes where the headlights are, John? And he just like put the scene in to be like, you know what? Fuck yeah. you. This is what we look like. And I hate them. And he turned them yeah. into exactly an ableist, just like complete. He's he, he just thinks this is, this is some creepy thing. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. It, it is a scene that is specifically for John Lasseter. Yeah, it's John Lasseter versus Jalopnik, and John Lasseter's like, I won. Here it is. Here's you wanted you want eyes in the headlights? Here it is. And it's like fucking he just like took that scene in Minority Report where Tom Cruise is eating the wrong sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. When you go to heaven, or maybe hell, I'm not sure which. It's just like you presented with the refrigerator and some of the sandwiches are moldy and some of them are good. And some of the milk is bad and some of the milk is good. And you know? That's life. <laughs> Yeah, that's life, baby. That's right. Every refrigerator's got one of each. Yeah, that's a car's life. Um, I wanted to read a, a quote about Pixar from an actor close to all of our hearts. The Pixar people continuously amaze me. They come up with something that actually looks as though it takes place in this happy real world. Every plotline is not just plausible, but oddly authentic. The stories are full of adventure, humor, and love. The characters are written with great human dimension. I don't know how they do it, but they astound me. Who said that? Mr. Thomas Hanks. Oh, oh, fuck you. Oh, Mr. Thomas Hanks. Mr. Thomas Hanks himself. I mean, it, it had to be someone who has been paid by Pixar. It had to be yes. someone from the Pixar Which universe. is most actors, probably. Mm. Mm. Hey, here's mean, another quote in this one page. In real life, there are no bad guys. Everyone has their own perspective. Quentin Tarantino. Huh. Just, I mean, that's... just throwing it out there. All right, all right, Quentin. <laughs> okay. So I want I want to talk about the end of this movie with the plot because I, I do think like this is where a lot of loose ends are tied up and if you actually oh, follow okay. the Mater as hero he completely fucks up he fucks up so bad because this is his story and this is this is how we approved that he is the most intelligent car in the world the best spy the greatest racer is that while crewing his whole pit he hears uh, a pretty lady voice in his head and decides to leave. That is to the actions of the Mater. The smartest car in the world is to uh, go and leave his job to follow a pretty voice around. Which I think John Lasseter does believe in, the pretty voice. He believes in the pretty body. He believes in the pretty. Like, that's to me, that's, that is the thing I learned most about cars, too. Every woman, car, every car, every fuck, <laughs> I don't know. All they want to do is fuck a car. That's their entire purpose in the movie is to fuck the car. Whether it's, Sally wanted to fuck the Italian car, so, or that Sally wanted to fuck the McQueen car, or everyone to fuck Mater. They have nothing else to do, and all they're like, Mater. There's a line in this movie where Mater is like just having a normal conversation with Miss. What is her name? Stick ho- Miss Holly Shiftwell. Holly Shiftwell, and he's just like, "You're pretty." And it's like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? You're just no, 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 drooling no, and screaming no, no. About That's how not pretty. the line. That is not the line. The line is. You're not only the prettiest car I know, you're also the smartest. Okay, so, so hold on. What do you think about that? He's highlighting how smart she is. Eh? And she that says, her response w- is, I don't know what to say about that, right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, Holly Shiftwell. Uh, yeah, hey, we stand okay, a woke king fair. and made her. I- I'm now going to read from a, the Hollywood Insider, the Hollywood Reporter article about John Lasseter's sexual harassment at oh, Pixar. Please. Let's see if there's any parallels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sources say some women at Pixar knew to turn their heads quickly when encountering him to avoid his kisses. 
Some used a move they called the Lassiter to prevent their boss from putting his hands on their legs. A longtime insider says he saw a woman seated next to Lassiter in a meeting that occurred more than 15 years ago. She was bent over and had her arm across her thigh. The best I can describe it is as a defensive posture. John had his hand on her knee, though, moving around. After that encounter, the person asked the woman about what he had seen. She said it was unfortunate for her to wear a skirt that day, and if she didn't have her hand on her own right leg, his hand would have traveled. The same source said he once noticed an oddly cropped photo of Lassiter standing between two women at a company function. When he mentioned that to a colleague, he was told, we had to crop it. Do you know where his hands were? Another former insider remembers awkward encounters with Lassiter, who liked, as many in the industry do, to hug in meetings, as we all do in the industry. You'd hug him and he'd whisper in your ear a long time, this person says. He hugged and hugged and everyone's looking at you, just invading the space. Invading space is right. Fuck, man. That's that's who's making your kids content, people. This motherfucker. Not anymore, right. but... And it's so clear. Like, from cars, we... It's crazy. This shit is crazy. Like, the, the just abject sexism and misogyny that's just like how how McQueen treats people in uh, thankfully McQueen is basically out of this movie that because, is a huge blessing that yes. the relationship between Lightning McQueen and uh Sally the Porsche is by and large completely absent from this film which is an amazing respite but you know what their whole story is their whole story is I'm jealous like this is the shit John thinks of is right. like okay. the only way I can interact with a woman is either to call her pretty or to be fucking fearful that she wants to fuck someone else okay well, th- right there's so little there's there's so much abject dehumanization of women in this where it's like you you get the girl and once you get the girl you go to dinner and then pray she doesn't fuck an italian like that's like <laughs> there, there's no that's substantive it. part of their lives together and from mater finally gets the dream of having a girlfriend which again mm-hmm. mater is like a 45 year old guy who has some kind of disorder who's like <laughs> i have a girlfriend now and she's like I'm sorry, we can't hang out anymore. I'll see you in the future, but I am your girlfriend. And it's just like <laughs> so weird. It's just horrifying. Wait, 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 wait. I have a question for both of you. If we take that one line at the end of the film, and we take what Holly says, and we say she says instead of "I'm Meta's girlfriend," uh, instead she says "I'm Meta," like something that indicates that they are friends. Like they're just friends. Or they work together like they're partners. Sure. Does that change everything? Like, does that resolution bring this movie to a better place? Because I was kind of ready for that. To for them to be like, oh, we respect each other and we work together. Wait, as you were ready? You after watching a John Lasseter movie, I, I, you were ready for the male I, lead I to be hopeful. like, oh, I will respect I was you as my coworker. Hopeful. I was being hopeful and no, no, unwarranted. I, I'm with Jesse on this. This would be somehow slightly less awful if like it had ended with like, hey, you know, I'm happy we're friends. It was great working with you, and like just showing you can have like a normal ass- because like their relationship in a way I understand a lot more. Why the two of them would like each other and even be boyfriend and girlfriend much more than the love story central to the first film. Absolutely. Where Lightning McQueen was a fucking monster the whole time. Or just fuck buddies. They could just fuck sometimes. They could go down on each other once in a while or something yeah. just when she's in town. Like it could be like we something like that. Josh, That's fine. This is another question we will never have answered because we do not know what car sex is like. We could find out on DeviantArt, <laughs> but I don't think we want to. Yeah, we don't want to do that. But no, I, I totally... I, I like your way of thinking because yes, the I am your girlfriend 
is a single sentence. It is a line art in this movie, and it made me ill. It, it's bothersome. But the problem is, you're, you, this is something you can't, this isn't a hypothetical that you can even entertain, because you'd have to also <laughs> remove every other line Mater <laughs> says where he is just calling her pretty. Yeah. Which is constant. He's just like, you did, you did it again. I know. I'm going to play that out. <laughs> I'm going to play that out. Um, I would like to talk about uh, the relationship between Shiftwell and uh, Finn McMissile, uh, who Why are you I'm using surprised. I can't believe you know Just all say Michael Caine car. We don't give a, I don't give a shit about so, Finn McMissile. We haven't brought up Michael Caine's character almost at all. By the way, we we on Jaws, we thought Jaws four. Michael Caine seemed like he was kind of not that committed to making Jaws four. Oh my god! He, how would you describe the his key line Mikey's bringing? This. Holy shit! You, you it's you can hear his car running outside of the <laughs> studio. Yeah, they thought that was good. Oh no! They're like, oh, he sounds more like get, a car this way. It it adds. We've something. got to get the lorry off of the racetrack. He did all of his lines in a half an hour. Yeah, they. How long of a lunch break do you think he took? They <laughs> he have, got like seventy five percent of it done. Took like a like a three hour lunch break. All of <laughs> there is a whole behind the scenes setting uh, on YouTube where uh, they show you what the people were like in the studio uh, as they were recording their lines. And what's in that YouTube video for Michael Caine is the can I, can exact I guess, is it him shooting thing. up? Is it him shooting heroin into his dick? No, but he looks very <laughs> tired. He, <laughs> He he looks like he wants to get out of there so fast. And and the the line readings in that video are the same exact ones that are in the movie. It tells me that he did not give them different takes. He did one reading of the whole script and then left. One take Mikey. Well, I mean, I can tell you, you know, when I when I worked with Wendell Pierce uh, on the Jazz Lincoln Center radio show, he would like come in and cold read a 50 page script. And do as few re- like second takes as <laughs> physically possible because I mean like and also God bless you it's easily when, when you're used to like with Michael Caine like I don't know flying to fucking live in Morocco in the desert for like two months making a movie and they're like hey if we can get you for two hours we will pay you just an amount of money that is just fucking staggering like yeah fuck them show up do as little work as possible and leave that is a success for all working people well that's why I think the MVP of Cars one is Paul Newman. Interesting. Wow, he's coming in. He's trying to retroactively get in here, even though you didn't come to the episode. You were like... I know, and I, but I wanted to talk about Paul Newman. You know Paul what, Newman. guys? I can't make it. Paul Newman... I'm Jesse. I can't make it to cause one taping. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But here's God. my Wee! MVP. I'm scared of the cause. Fine, fine. You know what? Never mind. Fuck me. No, man. we want to hear it. We want to hear it. Stop being a baby. Well... Yeah. Paul Newman was paid... The most money for any movie for Cars 1. You know that, and he did it like basically right before he died. Yes? This we was, talked about this. this. If you'd fucking I listened. listened. I, I'm agreeing. He listened. He listened. I mentioned this. Go ahead. That's why Paul is the MVP, and I assert why Michael is probably the MVP too. Interesting. Not the characters, but the actors for showing <laughs> up for work, getting the Pixar bag dropped on you. Gadunk. Leaving. This is a very interesting definition of MVP. Because yeah. I, my MVP Jesse's is either... bringing the car's Jew energy real hard right now, and I'm here <laughs> for it. I mean, you showed up, you got baby left. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you got to respect it. I'm always like, is this the, is he the spice, or is he the most important part of it? And you're just like, who's taking advantage of the studio the most? Yeah, no, that is sick. <laughs> Imagine if Clint Eastwood had done uh, the Paul Newman role in the first movie. <laughs> Things used to be different oh, here. Oh, fuck. You smoking for some reason? <laughs> 
before the immigrants and before the immigrants and the women. Do you think they approached anybody else or was Paul Newman the first choice? Uh, I mean, probably. I mean, I was thinking about how you guys talked about how you guys cried watching uh, Digital Paul Walker together. Mm-hmm. It'd be so sick if they had, if like they like they honored Paul Newman in Cars too by not having not recasting him. Unlike George Carlin, who <laughs> fucked that guy, they just recast him. Who gives a shit? But Paul Newman, American hero. Um, it'd be so sick if he was like. I'm Hudson Hawk, the car. I love you, Lightning. Oh, no, we are going to Europe. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if, enough if I would be able to tell it apart, honestly. Um, okay, we're getting towards the end of the of the episode here. We, we, we oh, there's still so much to talk about. We can do a bit more, but let's start to yeah, pretend no, we gotta like talk we're getting mater. towards. We got we to gotta end on the mater, I think. <laughs> do, do we have to? Well, no, I, mean, I really want to talk we've about... we talked basically about him the entire time. Because this is the mater movie. I never leak oil. I talked about it last episode with the Star Wars reference where I was like, like compared him to Jar Jar, and this would be like not just if... Jar Jar were like star like this is crazy that this like whole this would be like if a planet turned into Jar Jar and suddenly everything happened on Jar Jar planet like Mater I is, believe there is a Jar Jar planet wait really yeah it's Naboo mm. no no I'm talking so remember earlier in the episode mm. where I would, like imagine you being a little bit taller and people getting shoved up your ass uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no this would be I, like I if Jar Jar were giant and curled into a ball and people lived on okay, it. okay I'm with you very good yeah okay, okay so, so to Charles here's a quote but that's my, pertinent to this this is important to what you're saying okay yeah give me the quote larry the cable guy himself okay going to the source larry the cable guy parentheses mater thank you imdb (laughs) has said quote cars 2 was kind of more like a mater tale it had really nothing to do with the movies it was more of a mater dream which i got yes in which i don't think anyone else understood that except us at pixar which could mean the events of this movie are non-canonic now in my mind, if this movie had ended with the camera pulling up from, like, the shattered remnants of, of his twisted body from a horrible wreck, and we just saw this is all of his dying dream of the life you wish he led, this, is a this would be the best ladder. movie ever made. This is a Mater yeah, Ladder yeah. scenario? Yes. If it was a Brazil-style situation where it cuts back to, like, a slumped-over Mater mm-hmm. tied to a chair mm-hmm. with, like, tubes coming out of his brain, like I'd be like, oh, okay, this is yeah. the best movie ever made. Sweet. The best part of this movie is when he's dreaming, and he's just, like, he's reimagining Michael Caine being like, you're a dumb fuck, you piece of shit. No one likes you, and that's why everybody loves you. And then he's just like, wow, everyone thinks I'm a dumb fuck, and it like goes through all the dumb fuck shit he's done. And then at the end of the movie, they he, he is like saves himself from pissing himself. Like This is the amount of course correction that John Lasseter wanted, was like to have a scene where everyone laughs at dumb old Mater for pissing himself, including the audience. Like John Lasseter's sitting in the boardroom imagining the guffaws from children and adults alike. <laughs> When Mater pisses himself. But then he's he can both this is what happened in the first one too. They have the like you laugh at dumb Mater, but then you learn at the end of the movie that he's not dumb Mater. And you have both versions of Mater. Yeah. And it's just like this is not how you make a movie when you can do have this but, character but then- represent Two sides of the same shitty American coin. But M- Mater is this profoundly tragic figure whose entire life is predicated in his relationship with, with Scarlet with Scarlet McQueen. What about, Jesus Christ, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> Wait, was that Scarlet Johansson? Around... Scarlet Johansson. Yeah, I mean the Scarlet Witch. It'd be sick. I'm sure. I'm sure in Cars two too. He's dating Scarlet Johansson. Um, so, so his whole life revolves around knowing Lightning McQueen. When he dreams, his dreams are of shame, debasement, and humiliation. He's accused of pissing himself in public. He eats a big – he does a Steve Brule and eats a big scoop of spicy guacamole in Japan. Like his life is just one of like humiliation, confusion, fear, and unrealized desire. 
Like his life is hellish in every way. Right. And this is why hmm. to have the movie be like, be yourself, everything is fine. They steal the piss from us, yes. They do give that to somebody else, but everything else he does is still a part of him. He is still an asshole, a completely insensitive bore when he goes to the theater in Japan, when he just like screams at a man to give him green paste, and he's just like, that paste was terrible. Well, And he's like, he is just a terror. He is a bad person, and he's bad to himself, and yet the moral <laughs> of the story is be bad to yourself. That's fine. As long as you're an American, you're the greatest living thing on earth. You can go to any other country you want. Well, don't have to learn anything okay. about it. Don't have to learn anything. Just go. And they have to put up with you. I don't. So so the other side of that, though, is that Mater is very un. He's, he's, he's uncomfortable. He's uncomfortable in the rest of the world. Like, that's the whole thing for him. It's like at the beginning of the film, he wants to go see the world. But then... When he's out seeing the world, he's like, I don't, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to exist in like a multicultural setting. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just a small town guy. And then at the end of the film, he's like, you know what? I could go see the world, but like that, that's just a bit too much for me. You know, like I right, right, the, right, the again, aggressive othering not, of this yes, world. Yes, they have their cake and eat it too. Go ahead, Josh. You, you yes. go out into like you go to Epcot and you're like, oh, this is crazy, and then like never like it's it just like it's the saddest vision of of life is cars. I, just, I yeah, think he doesn't bend right, but he, he's allowed uh, yeah. to continue his shitty existence where he still gets to be the hero at the end of the day. He doesn't learn. Well, a he goddamn actively thing. chooses to not learn. He actively chooses to not learn and to not right, surround but himself is heroic with new because, people. And then he's celebrated for that. He gets yes, a that, girlfriend. Yeah, that's right. He, his friend comes fucking crawling back after Mater fucked everything up. And it's McQueen who's like, I don't want to be without you. You're the bomb. You're the bomb, that buddy. Was, holy shit. That's a good Owen Wilson. Yeah, I had a good how. <laughs> wow. wow. I'm a car. <laughs> that should have been I'm every line of this movie. Just like, holy wow. shit, I'm a car. This is crazy. <laughs> Get me out of here. I'm Owen Wilson and I'm a car. I can't believe you know, I'm man. He did his 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 he attempted to take his life between Cars and Cars Two. That's sad. Yes, it is sad. Do you think Cars One is what drove him to really question his life? I think it was a cocaine and heroin addiction. But I mean, sure, Cars could also have played. Can't, I'm can't blaming Cars. You know what I mean, I'm blaming. I'm gonna blame Cars Two. Um. Okay. So we're we're starting to 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 ratchet down. The conversation. Let's go to MVPs. Jesse, you did kind of cheat and picked actor MVPs, which is kind of bullshit. Oh, we don't do that here? We do character MVPs. Okay. Yeah, okay. We sometimes, if we don't learn the character's name, we sometimes call them the actor. But that's but it's, it's always in, in the with the understanding the character. That it's the character. Got it. Very good. But I mean, honestly, you're a guest. You can do whatever you want. Well, don't that's make me go true. for it. That's I need fa- to recalibrate now. Let me let me. I wasn't look letting you go again. first. I was telling Charles to go, <laughs> go first. <laughs> Charles, who was your favorite character? What what performance won the day in Cars 2? Well, there's so much to choose from, you know? There's um... Okay, I'm going to go first then if you don't have one. <laughs> I'm going first. I don't want to hear the Charles thing where you're like, well, there's, you know, there's so many choices. There's so many things it could be. That's what you're going to get, Josh. You're doing a podcast yeah, The question is, which is the one? So to be like, well, there's so well, many. Well, here's the thing, Who's Josh. We just spent over an hour screaming, and people who didn't watch this movie 
don't even know who else is in the movie except for Mater. <laughs> that's fine. Well, okay, that's why with my pick, I will go first. I will plug the biggest hole in the movie. And no, I don't mean that massive asshole that they get farted on in the movie <laughs> when they cow tip the biggest cow of all who Jesus. lets out a massive fucking fart all over them. Mm, what a fun movie this was to watch. Um, <laughs> the number one best performance in the movie, the number one best character. And um, this is a little controversial because I, this is a, a, a beloved character actor I honestly struggle with. And I honestly am not a like a default fan of. But John Turturro as Francesco Bernoulli is fantastic in this movie. In the in the in Cars and Jesse, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I kind of forgot it was Michael Keaton playing the bad guy. Absolutely. And it's like, how do you fuck that up? Like it's Michael Keaton. I absolutely. And, and it's such a it's a terrible performance. But he has nothing to work with. It's just bad. John Turturro owns this movie he was the single other than some of the admittedly fun racing parts which if you've ever done acid and played mario kart which i have extensively Mm. it's fun to watch shit like that Mm -hmm. um john turturro's performance is full of life it's vibrant it has there's something interesting going on with this performance and and genuinely two movies into the series it is a morbid shuffle through these movies uh, voice acting wise and and john turturro really saved this movie for me it's still got one star on letterbox <laughs> tied with cars like i couldn't say it was better or worse than cars it's just like this just sucks no it's ass. more of the same it's different in a lot of ways but it's just more of the same yeah that's right yeah like joe mantegna plays graham i had no clue yeah, that was joe mantegna I, I love joe mantegna mm, me too i, I I did know that because there were a couple times where I heard him speak and I was I heard Fat Tony from The Simpsons because it, oh, he yeah, was basically yeah. doing Fat Tony. You um, know that um, Joe Montana was in Valentine's Day, too. He was? In a little brief cameo. Yeah, he had a brief cameo in the beginning when Ashton <laughs> Kutcher's like, oh, hey, God. man, it's Valentine's Day. You got to love everybody. Everything's great. Let me pull out into traffic without checking a goddamn thing. And then Joe Montana's like, <laughs> What the fuck's going on over here? Marone. What the fuck's going on Marone. over here? I'm driving here. It's, it's Valentine's crazy that Day. Valentine's Day is so Jesus much better Christ. of a movie than Cars or Cars 2. <laughs> yeah. And it is like somehow less. It's still more confusing than this movie. Anyway, so that's my pick. John Turturro. I love your pick. of John, John Turturro is a great pick because he seems to be one of the few actors that's actually having fun. Owen Wilson has checked mm-hmm. the fuck out. That's Eddie Izzard? Right. That's so sad. Dear God, what happened to this? Yeah, he's doing a, he's <sighs> doing the same thing as Michael Keaton. He doesn't have anything to work with in this film, and he's just there to deliver the the lines. Did you choose your um, MVP, Jesse? Or are you still are you still no? Right? No, I'm yes. It's John Turturro. You're going John too. Absolutely. I I agree. He's having a lot of fun. His character is weirdly one of the ones who has an arc and like kind of learned something by the end and is more endearing by the close of the movie uh, great than point. he was at the beginning. That's um, a great point. And yeah, him just yelling and just like being that character is, is very exciting. He was one of the few funny, like I didn't laugh other than in like horror or anxiety, <laughs> but actually there was like his moments where he was, he had some funny moments where he like really played into it. He was, he was captivating and I, I'm glad you brought him up because it reminded me of a moment in this movie. So the final race is happening. And or maybe this is a second race. I don't remember because who cares? But Charles, I have shit to do tonight. <laughs> just no. De- describe the situation. And... No, don't. Just get so to the point. They're about to, they just take off. The announcer says, holy shit, this is going to be the greatest race I've ever seen. Hard cut to Mater pretending to be a gangster tow truck. Yeah, fuck this movie. <laughs> and that is why my MVP goes to Mater. 
Wow. Mater is the IMVP. Oh he has God. bullied me and fucking beaten me down to the point where I just have to accept him. He did a fucking... Yeah. He did the unthinkable act of making me the saddest I've been all week. Mater is my MVP. So let, let's. Oh man! I genuinely need to wrap this up. So let's. Right, let's I understand. Go. Every episode now is just true, like true. you just telling me to stop. So yes, what else? <laughs> yeah, what, you what, go what, on. <laughs> you, you're at home. I'm. You're both at home. I'm not at home. It's different for you me. You choose to be here. No, this is the best possible auto quality. <laughs> okay, our, you do sound speed amazing. round. You are, sound. Yeah, it sounds you. incredible. Thank you. Speed round. Um, are we asking when will it end? Um, ab- I will speak for myself and go first. Absolutely. I've seen Cars 3 and remember nothing about it. I already, the sands of Cars 2 is already evaporating in my brain. These are just nothing burgers. They're awful. There's nothing good about them. Uh, I cannot wait till it's done. Uh, Charles, what, what, what's your thought? I'm actually going no on this one um, because I, we're about to enter into the planes subverse of the cars oh, is it, is it verse. planes next yeah we're doing planes and then planes fire and rescue there's three and- more <laughs> god there's yeah. three more um but so that's why i'm asking i'm saying no because i'm actually really excited to be lassiterless i'm excited to be majorless i'm excited to be everythingless and just sort of like all these questions about planes and boats like i'm ex- i'm fucking excited to learn hopefully all my questions will be answered and i will spend less time with mater Sure. All right, Jesse, uh, close it out. At this point, are you asking when will it end, bearing in mind we have t- apparently two direct-to-video planes <laughs> yeah, movies to watch? I, I am asking when will it end. I do have some of those questions as well, but um, yes, we won't have Lasseter, but am I excited to listen to Dane Cook? No. <laughs> so I'm asking. All right. Well, that has been our exhaustive Cars 2 coverage, uh, a genuinely bad movie. It made me feel sad about living. Huge thanks to jesse for stopping by and joining us jesse thank you will will you be returning for other episodes in the series or i would love to watch planes with you guys wow he's coming in for planes. i see i see no reason not to let you come aboard the plane get on this is great your your boarding pass Uh, we've always thought of you as a car guy and this is really exciting to now be able to think of you as a car guy and a plane guy. Well, we'll see how it goes. And, and with that, we'll close with a, one of my favorite Larry the Cable Guy quotes. Life isn't like a box of chocolates. It's more like a jar of jalapenos. Wait, can you do that like Mater? Today. Wait, shut up, shut up. Can you do that like Mater? Life isn't like a box of chocolates. It's more like a jar of jalapenos. What you do today it might burn your butt tomorrow. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got my pre-roll going if you guys are, are ready to roll. Recording now. We got to do a little countdown. Fantastic. Um, I'm just going to see. Boys. I'm going to quickly. Hi, I'm, hi guys. I'm going to hide in my uh, Survivo game that I'm doing right now, Charles, <laughs> and just see how far that gets me because uh, I was in the, I'm, I was doing pretty well on this one before. Uh, so you're just going to try to, you're just going you're just going to try to do you win. Ever, do you ever do that? It's just, sometimes it's just funny to hide for as long as, uh, whatever, I'm just going to leave. So like in life? Okay, ready to go? Yeah. All right. You guys Love ready? Beard. Holy shit. Yeah, let's count down. We got to talk beard. Whose beard? Jesse's beard. My beard. That's not a beard. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what Josh is referring to. Uh, Charles, you mean. I'm Josh. That's Charles. Oh yeah, good good point. <laughs>